Welcome to the Everyday Mulemanship Podcast. I'm Ty Evans, and this is episode 131. Today we're going to do a debrief on our most recent clinic in Elkhart, Iowa. Um, we had a three-day clinic there. We did our foundation class and our mulemanship one class. Uh, both both classes full. It was fantastic. This is the second year we've been coming here, and um, it's held at the Prairie Rose Arena. If you've never been to the Prairie Rose Arena, or if any of you Iowa folks that are listening have never been to the Prairie Rose Arena, uh, you need to go check it out. It's a great little arena. Well, it's not little. It's a big arena. <laughs> but it's nice. And, um, you know, besides the clinic, they do, I, I'm pretty sure they do memberships and stuff. You can ride in that arena. And So shout out to Prairie Rose Arena. Sandra runs a, she runs a great show there does a great job so uh very very grateful to be able to come there again and you know we're booked for 2022 there again we're coming back uh september 2022 um it's already in the books and it's up on the website go to tsmules.com and you can save your spot for that clinic uh this one filled up pretty quick so it's a great place it's a popular clinic and we enjoy being there and this year was no exception it was a good turnout amazing people uh, a lot of good mules, a lot of good horses. Uh, didn't have any donkeys this week. Didn't have any hennies this week either that we know of. But um, a great group of mules, horses, and people. So let's dive right in talking about this. Um, the first thing I want to say <clears throat> is this. The way you think about your mule, or what you think about your mule, or how you think about your mule, it. It, that's going to affect how your mule operates for you. It's very important that you you be positive and optimistic that things are going to go great for your mule. Also, it's important that you have a frame of mind that you are there to help your mule. Now, before every class, I have I have the people uh, just look at their mule, pet their mule, and say, "Hey." You are the best mule I've ever known. <laughs> and a lot of them chuckle and they giggle. And I and I often have to say, hey, okay, even if you're lying, just say it. Say you're the best mule I've ever known. Because the truth is, you don't know if that isn't the best mule you've ever known. If you you don't know that if you give this mule a chance, that if you give this mule a little effort and a little try from yourself. They might give it back to you tenfold. Okay. It might be the best mule you've ever known. You just don't know it. You just don't know it. I treat every mule that I work with, that I get to handle and be around and as if they're the best mule in the world. Because they could be. I don't know. All right. You don't know. So treat them, though, as if they could become that. I treat the, I try to treat the people the same way. I don't know if you're if you're not the next best horseman, best muleman ever of all time. I don't know that. I'm going to treat you though as if you are, as if you could be, as if you can be, just like I treat my mules as if they can be the best mule ever. So today, when you get out there to ride your mule, all right, and you're sitting on their back, or maybe you're doing groundwork, maybe you're on the ground. I want you to reach and pet your mule. And then say, you are the best mule I've ever known. 
or at least maybe you could be, <laughs> okay? And you pet them, and then you go on with your business. But when I work with my mules, I treat them that way, and it puts me in a different frame of mind, okay? Treating these things with amazing potential. You know, you look at these these amazing figures from the past, these these people from the past, or, or in our present right now, they're they're so amazing. These these great human beings, and and I'm not just talking about horsemen or or, or horsewomen or whatever. I'm talking about just amazing people that the world has ever known. Okay, if when they were born, if their parents knew that they're going to grow up to be whoever they become, you know, some I think some some of the greatest people around, like. Uh, I think about the founding fathers of this great American country we live in here. And I know a lot of you listening are from around the world. I'm kind of talking to Americans right now, I guess. But, you know, you think of uh, people like George Washington, what he did for this country. <laughs> you know what I mean? If his parents knew he was going to grow up to be George Washington, you know, pre the first president of the America, uh, you know, uh, the United States of America and do all these amazing things and, and these other great human beings that have been in this world, if their parents knew what they grew up to be, you know, but I imagine their parents probably said, you know what, I'm raising you a child and I want you to grow up to be the best that you can be. I don't know what you're going to be, but I, I want you to be the best that you can be. And so I try to, I try to remember that about my own children, that I want you to grow up to be the best you can be Ellie and Swayze. And, and maybe someday they'll be listening to this podcast. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to grow up. I don't know what they're going to be or what they're going to do. But I hope whatever it is, it's the best that they can be. It's the same thing for my mules. I want to help my mules be the best that they can be. So when you when you get out there and you work with them, treat them that way. If you if you're mad at your mule, what makes you think they're going to operate for you? I don't I don't get it. If you're acting pissy and you're ornery about how your mule is. And you're ticked off that they're not obeying your every order. If this if this so offends you, I don't know how you're going to get along with this creature. You know, I think being offended is a choice. <laughs> don't, it's really hard because I get offended. I, I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I get offended. People offend me. People offend me every week. You know, but. You know, I, I can't let it, I can't let it eat at me and, and dig at me. And, you know, so you're, you, you may have just gotten kicked in the guts by your mule. Okay. And you're having a heck of a time, but when you, when you lose your mind and you get mad at the mule, you're pissed off at the mule and then you're trying to get something done with it. What makes you think that things are going to go any better for you now that you're angry at the mule? They're not. I've been mad plenty of times at a mule. I mean, I'll, I'll, even recently, you know, I, I can get mad at a mule. But then I sit back and think, what am I What am I doing, Ty? Okay, come on, Ty, pull your head out. Because the mule doesn't understand or comprehend you being mad at them. They seek comfort, immediate comfort, most of all. So what's the, the first thing I can do is help them find that comfort. And then work from there. Sometimes to find that comfort, they need to be a little uncomfortable. Okay, so sometimes you got to do some work. Just sitting, just sitting there, doesn't always help you. Now sometimes it does. 
sometimes you do. Sometimes I, I tell people, just sit there. Just just stand there. Don't do a thing with that meal. Just watch it. And other times I tell people, hey, you need to get busy. That meal's just all over you. Get a little busy. Redirect that mind. So it depends on the moment, the situation, the animal. But one thing for sure is getting mad at that animal is not going to help you. So, so go about that, working with that mule like it's the best mule or is going to be the best mule of all time. And I promise it'll change your perspective on, on your relationship with that mule. It really will. It really will. And don't be offended by them. Don't be offended when things don't go your way. Don't take it so personal. It's challenging, I know. Like I said, I, I, I get inf- offended every week, and then I have to remember, hey, you know, it's a choice to be offended. Don't be so offended. It's something I actually work out not to be offended because people say things to me, you know, in my line of work all the time that you're like, oh, wow, thanks. Or do I say thanks? To that? I don't know what to say. But, you know, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's something you got to work at not to be offended, and it's something that you really got to focus in on. And, you know, maybe starting to not be offended by your mule, that might help you in your human relationships. Or maybe some of you need to start in your human relationships and not be so offended by human beings. And maybe that'll help your mule relationship. You, you, you have to let things go and move on and try to do your best, help them to be their best. Anyways... Um, that's a message that I thought of this week, and, and that seemed to be a theme at this particular clinic for a few of the participants. So, yeah, just something to chew on there a little bit. Now, there's there was some great stuff that happened at this clinic. This is this is one of the, I mean, just a one of the funnest clinics I've had all fall. I enjoyed the people. I enjoyed the questions. They were they were great about using me for the information. The first day, Iowa was a little slow about asking me questions. They they were a little hesitant or a little shy. I, I don't know. There's a lot of new people there. Maybe they're just a little shy. But, you know, day two and three, they were excellent about getting those questions out. And I, you know, I told them, I said, hey, I drove all the way to Iowa here to help you. So, you know, use me up. And then and then they did. And, you know, there was a lot of change that happened. Um, you know, at all these clinics, I tell people, some of you will make great changes in three days. Some of you won't really notice your changes until three months later, after you've been applying this consistently for some time. But there was one fellow that made quite a lot of change. Well, there's a, quite a few people that made some change. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about changes at the clinic for this particular debrief, uh, or at least for a, a good a good portion of this debrief for you. Okay. Now, the first person I want to talk about that made some serious changes with Chad Mobley. Chad, you're probably welding. Chad's a welder. He's probably welding somewhere today in Iowa. And, uh, but I want to tell Chad, good job. But he, he had this mule named Clyde there, a youngster. And the first day of the clinic, I, uh, he's in the foundation class. Okay. And I get out there and I have everybody get on the rail, get to leading their mules. I, I like them to get on the rail and lead their mules both ways. So I can see how they lead. That tells me where we need to go from there. Okay. So I see Chad out there trying to lead this mule Clyde and Clyde is just pulling him around and is rearing and is striking at him and keeps kind of charging at Chad and Chad's dodging it. And he's trying to get Clyde off of him and moved around here, there. And we kind of, you know, got it lined out a little bit. 
But the first day was rain. And then, um, and that, that the on Thursday evening, I was in the arena watching Ellie and some children ride. And Chad was on the other, this is a huge arena there. I know I said little arena, but it's a big old arena there. And Chad's on the other end doing a little work with, with Clyde. I give everybody homework. And Chad was excellent about doing his homework. And um, I see him down there just kind of going through the groundwork. And things are looking decent. And so we're not paying a whole lot of mind to him. Next thing I know, I just see Chad go just just belly dragging. He's dragging on his belly across the arena trying to keep a hold of this mule. And that mule's just pulling him like he's just nothing. And, uh, holy cow. I, so I go out there cause the mule's running down here towards all these kids. <laughs> we know we've got to jump out there and get this lined out. So anyways, we get the mule caught and I go, what's man, what happened? I didn't see what he's like. Well, I went to go to put my saddle pad on this mule's real scared of the saddle and the saddle pad. And so anyways, I helped him and we got the mule to where we could put the saddle pad on and we worked through that. And, and sky filmed a little of that that first day. And then second day sky filmed the whole session, I, I helped him again the second evening. And Sky got it on video. So I'm hoping to upload that on the video library shortly. As soon as I get home and get some more internet to be able to do these uploads. But anyways, it was really cool. That first day of Chad getting getting drunk, getting drug on his belly across the arena. Sorry, Chad. I still think it's a little funny. Only because you turned out fine. Um and the mule wanting to strike at him and, and just, I mean, it was dangerous the first day. Holy cow, Chad, it was dangerous, wasn't it? And by day three, that mule was doing so nice. It, it, it was going so good, but so was Chad. Chad made the changes. And that's the thing that a lot of us either don't recognize or we refuse to recognize is, you know, we must adjust to fit the situation. We must adjust to fit the mule. And once we adjust to fit the mule, I promise they will adjust to fit us. And Chad did just that. So good job on the, ch on the change, Chad. You did amazing. The next change I want to talk about was Abby Cannon. Abby, I don't know if you listen to the podcast or not, but the changes were really cool. So she comes in the first day and, um, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Um, but most of all, her mule yellow was just ridiculously, I mean, ridiculously attached to her husband's mule. Her husband's name is Chris and his mule was named Sassy. And so yellow was really herd bound to Sassy. Okay. And basically the instructions I give Abby and Chris was today, you know, this is day one today. I just want you to, to work near each other. And whenever I call you guys in here to the middle to come gather around and, and take a break, I want you to try to stand a little further apart. Maybe the first thing you do is be able to stand, you know, five feet apart. Okay. So you're still close to each other, just five feet apart. And then, and then stretch that out. Each time I call you in, I want you to get a little further away each time. So you, you go out and you, you're welcome to work together. So they're out there doing all their work right next to each other. And so that's no problem. But every time they rest, they rest a little further away. They did this each day. And by the last day, Abby, I, 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 I get into the arena. I get into the arena and I get everybody on the rail riding. And she's in the mulemanship one class. And I see Chris and he's by himself. So I look around, where's Abby? And she's on the opposite side of the arena doing her own thing, going around the arena. And I thought, oh my gosh, look at that. 
And just that little by little, working close together, leaving them alone away from each other. And it wasn't a work, you guys, as like as in a punishment. It was just doing the checklist stuff, just just practicing the exercises and the moves and the, you know, applying the philosophy that we were talking about. And she did it. She didn't punish the mule for being near the other animal. She just simply did her work near Sassy and then left Yellow alone when Yellow was away from Sassy. And she did that the whole time. So good job, Abby. What a change. The other thing that I want to shout out to Abby and her husband, Chris, was the willingness to change what you're doing. You know, if it's not working for you, you guys got to make some changes. Now, everybody goes through a different level of change. There's there's people that are on the, okay, my mule's not behaving, so I need to change a saddle. My mule's not behaving, so I need to change a bit. My mule's not changing or behaving, so I need to change what I'm doing. And Abby and Chris kind of went through a couple of these phases while they were there. Now, they had just bought these mules not long ago. And both of these mules came ridden in these mechanical hackamores. And I, and uh, those of you that have been to my clinics, you know how much I, I get annoyed by, uh, <laughs> you know, that they're, that whoever invented these crappy things um, actually put the name of hackamore on it because it's not. The mechanical hackamore is nothing like a true hackamore. A true hackamore, and what makes a hackamore is, is a combination of a bozal a hanger, and a makati. That's what makes up a traditional hackamore. These mechanical hackamores, basically, if you pull back, say you pulled straight back, and that's what they're completely designed to do. They're not designed for any lateral work or lateral help. They're just nose pinchers and jaw crushers. So you, you pull back on them, and it pushes down the nose, pushes up on the jaw with a chain curb, and then, you know, they're just not great tools. And so I recommended, hey, you know, would you two be willing to... Do you guys have snaffle bits? They say, oh, yeah, we got snaffle bits. Okay, put them on. And so they made those changes, and the mules looked so much better operation-wise, you know, not having all that leverage pounded on their faces, you know. Um, they still had to learn how to turn and how to move and, and how to operate, you know, in the snaffle bit because just because you put a bit on doesn't guarantee you anything, you guys. There's no guaranteed change just because you wear a different piece of equipment. And it's not so much the equipment that needs to be changed as it is us and the way we handle it. But a lot of times when it comes to the bit stages and all these different types of bits, which, you know, a conversation about bits could go on forever. But, you know, um, th the tools you use need to reflect your goals. So if you show up and you tell me, I want my meal to be light and soft, punctual, willing. I want my mule to be happy uh, and all these nice fluffy words. And then you show up and you have a, a, uh, a tool or a gimmick or some kind of contraption that operates off of pain, not feel or signal, but operates off of pain or the infliction of pain that, that doesn't really coincide with your end goals. So you got to use equipment that's going to reflect your goals. Okay, and how you use it matters just as much because I've seen people do some really dumb things in snaffle bits. I've seen some people do really dumb things in hackamores and in bridles. And these are all great tools 
but used wrong could absolutely be devastating. And it's the same thing with, with anything. I've seen some people that do use really poor contraptions that, that ride excellent. And they're getting along with these poor contraptions because they ride so darn good. And I tell them, hey, you know what? You're getting along really good in that thing. What if you actually use some good equipment? How good would you be? And they make the changes and it is incredible, the results. I say, look, you, you, you've been riding good the whole time. You were just using some crap equipment. Now look at you. You're using some good equipment. Look at the quality of the relationship you're building with your animal. Look at the quality of results you're getting in, in the performance here. And that's really, really cool to see. And for Abby and Chris, they were riding pretty good. They were just using poor equipment and they made the changes and they're looking great. So anyways, good job to the changes there, Abby and Chris. Um, there's another fellow there, another Chad. We had a bunch of Chads, a bunch of Julies and a bunch of Chris's. Anyways, another Chad named Chad Mellinger. And he, the first day he was on a, a mule named Scooby. Scooby, and it was a cool little mule. Um, but the mule was kind of all over the place and and kind of mostly kind of going too fast for Chad. And he was in the mulemanship one class, and the mules want to kind of trot off. And, and um, you know, uh, Chad was having some difficulty with his with his reins and, and managing his reins and what he does there. And after talking to him, he told me, hey, this is the first time I've actually rolled this thing in a snaffle bit. I usually use something else. And he told me what he used. And, you know, it's, it's one of those contraptions that I highly disagree with. And he said, I'm just having a hard time managing all this, you know, because what he was using before was mostly a, mostly geared to pulling back and, and getting some changes there. And, you know, the snaffle bit is not designed to pull back. It's not a tool for pulling back on. It's a lateral tool. So everything has to do with moving your mule left and right. And so he was trying to figure this out. And every time I said, every time that mule goes too fast for you, I just want you to roll the hinds all the way around and get on back to your line. So roll the hinds, get back to your line. That's all I wanted him to do. But he was, the way he was picking up and pulling on that snaffle, his results were, were not great in the beginning. So he worked hard all week to handle these reins and to operate in the snaffle bit and to change the way he picked up and, and operated this, these tools and these reins. And, you know, he made some great changes. And by the end of the week, um, just the, just Chad focusing on the way he used his hands and not to mention all the other parts of writing that are in there, but just operating his hands better. He, he made some, some, some great changes some amazing changes and Scooby was looking really, really good. So by applying the principles and these moves and these exercises, and then working on yourself to be better, it's going to help your meal. You can't help, but help your meal. So, Hey, we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more change. All right. Hey, you want to jump on here real quick and give a big shout out to my buddy Colt Nairing. Um, if you're looking for a good custom built saddle that fits mules and fits you, you need to check out Colt Saddlery. You find him on Facebook, Colt Saddlery, and uh, tell him Ty sent you. He will take good care of you. I need to thank my friend, Mr. Ben Lewis at Roman Home. Mr. Ben 
has designed a really awesome tent. It's a cross between a wall tent and a range teepee. It's built to take tough weather, high winds. Craftsmanship is amazing. And it's made right here in the USA, right here in Utah, USA. And uh, right now, Ben has a special going on. You can save 500 bucks and uh, go to romanhome.com. Roman spelled R-O-A-M-I-N, romanhome.com. And uh, tell Ben hello. Tell him Ty sent you. Okay, we're back with our Everyday Mealmanship podcast. I'm doing a debrief right now on our Elkhart, Iowa clinic we just completed. And what a great time and so many amazing changes. And that's kind of the theme of this podcast. This episode is is making changes to be better. Um, I've been telling you about a lot of good folks that made a lot of changes at the clinic and were willing to change. They were willing to change and they were interested in being better and it made a difference. Um, the next individual I'd like to, to mention here is a wonderful woman named Rose Shoemaker. And, uh, uh some of you listening, particularly our Washington, uh, clinic participants, you'll recognize Rose's name. She was, she was one of the very first, um, individuals to invite me to a different state. The first clinic we did out of state was in Colorado. The second clinic we did out of state ever was in Washington. And Rose invited us up to Washington. I remember going up to uh, outside of Seattle and having to ride the ferry out to the island, to Langley Island. We rode the ferry, and uh, what an interesting adventure all that was um, going out to that island. And, uh, I mean, it was just really cool. And, um, you know, we had a lot of fun. And I was, I've joked with Rose that she's been coming to my clinic since I had hair on my head <laughs> because back when she invited me up there, up to Washington, you know, I, I did have hair on my head and that has disappeared over the years, apparently. Um, anyways, it was fun to have her. She was, she hosted a few clinics there. I think she hosted two on Langley Island there or Whidbey Island, Langley, Washington, if I remember right. Um, and then she hosted one in Burlington, Washington. Um, and that was the last one she come to. Uh, so it had been a few years and she was thinking that it maybe had been um, th three or four years since she'd been. I think that's about right. But after the first day, she said, oh, my gosh, you're you have changed so much there. Every, you're doing everything different these days that you have changed. And, you know. It's important to change. And I and I hope I think I mentioned this on my last episode of this podcast. So some of you might have might be hearing that individual story, you know, over again here. But, you know, I, uh, I'm way different than I was five years ago. And I hope five years from now, I'm, I'm quite a bit different then. Um, not to mention a decade. I mean, we're we're going on 10 years next spring. It'll be 10 years of doing clinics. And, you know, um, it's a decade of difference. It really is a decade of difference. I have changed so much in 10 years, and I think we all need to. Now, there's some things that don't change, like the checklist, for example. And I mentioned this in episode 130 of the podcast. You know, there's only so many things you can do with a mule, you guys. There's only so many moves and so many combinations of those moves. You can go forward. You can go back. 
you can move the front to the left and the right. You can move the hinds to the left and the right. And then you can combine all these moves and, and, and do all kinds of cool little things there. But there's really only so many things you can do. And that's where the checklist comes in is is doing all these these moves, these particularly mechanical movements with your animal. And, um, you know, some are, some are for strength building. Some are for, you know, mechanical needs. Some are for mental building. Um, but there's only so many things you can do. But the way that you can go about achieving those things and, and how you do it, how you build it makes all the difference. Okay. So as, as you're working, as you're riding, as you're progressing, you know, the way you go about maybe today building a good stop, you know, five, 10 years from now, it might look a lot different. And it's, that is for me, you know, I, I taught stops 10 years ago, nine years ago, 10 years ago. Um, but how I build my stop today is so different than the way I built my stops, you know, a decade ago. And I hope 10 years from now I'm, I'm better, I'm smarter. I know more, I can do more and I'll have a heck of a lot more experience. And, and I was, I told Rose, I said, well, you know, I mean, just four years ago, use here four years ago, since, since then I've been able to, to work with, uh, 2,500 more mules and horses. You know, we typically get um, between uh, five and 700 animals come through the clinics every year. So four years ago, you know, I mean, uh, we're, we're pushing around 2,500 animals that have been to my clinics. It's amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm bound to be better. You know, I'm always trying to get better. And, you know, changing the way you, you go about things shouldn't be such a big negative context to you. You know, you should be willing to. Hey, that's it. That's gonna be. That's it. Gonna be an easier way from for my mule to understand what I'm presenting to them. And as I progress, that's something I'm I'm trying to change. My mind all the time is how can I bring out the best of my mule? How can I ask my mule to do things in a way that will be easier for them to comprehend and understand? That's what I'm looking for. Um, you didn't hear me mention faster. I'm not looking for fast ways. It's not about speed. But what I have found is by help focusing on changing what I'm doing to fit the mule better and to help them comprehend and understand, when I do that, they do learn faster. It's a no-brainer. They learn faster for sure. So you kind of get your speed on the back end anyways. But, you know, my, my, my objective is not just to get it done faster and, you know, quicker, but it's to help that animal understand. So... Yeah, you're going to change. Um, every clinic is different. I'm in Lubbock, Texas right now. That's where I'm recording today. And uh, getting ready to do a clinic here. Three-day clinic coming up. It's the second to last of our fall clinic tour. we got one more clinic coming up in Utah. One of our extreme trail riding clinics. One of our highlight clinics of the year to finish up the year. I always like to finish with that extreme trail clinic because... It, uh, it always brings me back to my roots of, of why I do what I do. Um, but anyways, you know, coming up on these last clinics of the year, I, I, I guarantee you I'm going to do the clinic here this week in Lubbock is going to be different than this clinic I'm talking about right now in, uh, Elkhart, Iowa, for sure. And I hope it is. I hope it's different. I hope it's better. I'm trying to get better every week and I hope you guys do too. Um, another Another individual I want to mention is Julie Style. 
Now, Julie Style came to the clinic and she's brand new to, to riding, really, to equine, to mules. And she's learning. She's trying to figure stuff out. And, you know, we, we work on transitions. So we work on walk, trot, and lope. And the first couple of days, I just get folks ready. But, you know, some people come to me and talk about how, oh, man, I, I just really don't feel comfortable loping. I really don't want to lope or, or whatever. And, and Julie was maybe a little nervous in the beginning there about loping. And it came her turn. The first time she trotted around the arena, she didn't want to lope. No problem. I get everybody else uh, go through their rounds on that side. And then we... we Turn, turn the mules around. We're going the other way so we can work on the other side. And it came to her turn. I said, Julie, you, you want to, you want to trot or you want to lope? She says, I, I want to lope. I, I'm ready. I can do this. And, uh, she'd never done it before. And she was determined. She says, I, I want to do this. And she proved it to me the way she rode and what she did. She, she showed, you could just see it in her that she truly wanted to lope and she was going to do it. There was no stopping her there. She was going to do it. And so to see that change over the week, of, uh, you know, coming into this brand new, a lot of you listening are brand new to equine. Some of you have been around equine uh, your entire lives. Um, and, but those of you that are brand new, it's such a big world out there of all the things to do and to teach them and to work on, you know, but just keep, keep working to, to be better. And the most important thing is like Julie style, she was ready to lope when it came her turn. She, she wanted to so bad that she, she was ready for it. And we had prepared the couple of days before building that walk and the trot. She, she was worried about trotting the first day. She didn't want to trot. And I said, you got to go through it. You got to get more comfortable at it. You got to do this. You don't, you can't just listen and read and, and hear about philosophy on how to sit a trot or how to post a trot or how to ride an extended trot. You, you got to do it. The same thing at the lope. You got to do it. So she prepared, she got herself ready, and then she was able to do it and be successful. You get yourself ready, you get your mule ready. So good job, Julie Style. That was just amazing. Now, the last person I want to mention about change here was a fellow named Daniel Harper. And uh, Daniel, you're probably running an excavator or a big heavy piece of equipment somewhere there in Iowa. Um, but I know you listen, listen to the podcast. I appreciate you doing that. But, you know, Daniel came to this clinic last year with his mule sticks. And last year he had all kinds of little glitches, little troubles, little things. But he's been working hard, and I could see it. He's been working really hard at things over this year, and he's made a ton of progress. And he was working on something, and at one point, the the crowd the audience uh, which we had quite the audience we usually had about 20 people there in the stands give or take and and um whenever the audience would clap or cheer last year uh his meal would have been scared to death of that and and this year the audience clapped and cheered for him and the meal was just excellent and it was operating excellent and daniel was writing a lot better he, he was using those skills and he was better and so I just want a lot of you to know, I, I, uh, I try my best to remember your mules and, and you through these clinics and through these years, but it's such a privilege to get to see you come back again, like Daniel, to come last year and come again this year. And it's such a privilege to see the progress being made. And, and I remember the mules 
And I remember where you were at. And it comes back to me when I get there, especially it comes back to me. And I, and I remember the moments and the times and what we did and what you did. And, and it's just so impressive to those of you guys that have been coming to these clinics for years and uh, bringing the same mule, particularly over and over again, making progress. It's just amazing to see those changes. So keep it up, keep it up. So, well, that's about it for our changes talks. There, there's so many great people here. I mean, uh, there's some great people to talk about. Um, you know, uh, I mean, there, there's a gal named Kellyanne Sklarsky that, um, I don't know if I said Sklarsky. Uh, she was at our clinic in, in North Dakota uh, a couple months ago. And, you know, she kind of had a tough time there in North Dakota. Then she come down to, um, down here to Iowa and she had a, a tremendous smile on the whole time, was very happy, was willing, was working, very engaged. And it's cool to see th those changes even in a short amount of time of a couple months. And um, it's amazing the people that are so interested in being better and wanting to improve. So what a great clinic there in Elkhart, Iowa. We can't wait to come back next year. If, if any of you guys are in Iowa or Illinois, Missouri, um, you know, Kansas, Nebraska, uh, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, that all those surrounding states come. You got to come to that clinic there in Iowa, in Elkhart, Iowa. It's right by Des Moines. Uh, it's a great place, uh, nice indoor arena, nice facility, and we enjoy going there. Uh, just been, it's just been a blessing. So we're really looking forward to coming back. If you want to come, jump on my website, tsmules.com. Our clinics are on there for 2022. They're posted, they're up on there. So check that schedule out and if you're uh, the rest of you listening around the world um check out that schedule see where see where we're coming see uh if there's a clinic near you and come ride with us we'd love to, to help you out and and get to know you so hey uh also a big thanks to prairie rose arena and to miss Lori waller our amazing host Lori does a great job hosting that clinic very grateful for Lori and all the help that she gives us there and and of course, thanks to all of you guys. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate you taking the time to listen. And if it's not too much more to ask, I would love it if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts, particularly to leave me a five-star rating and review. And if you're not listening on Apple, well, heck, just send me an email, ty at tsmeals.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Hey, until next time, God bless you, and we will see you down the road.